cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert, the story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image, promote your products, create expert status, become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101, crisis management, media blitzing, it's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hey everyone, this is Brandy Shapiro-Babin. Welcome to this edition of Cover Story, and I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Mick Jolly. Welcome, Mick. Hi, Brandy. How are you? Very good, and, and uh, for all our listeners who may or may not have got it, yesterday was your birthday, is that not correct? Yes, yes. Happy uh, birthday to you. Thank you very much, thank you. I felt very blessed yesterday. I really did. You know, I I got, well, I got woken up at 8 o'clock in the morning, so I wasn't feeling that blessed at that moment in time. And Darren had something really wonderfully planned for me, a day of zen, because as much as I love people and I love what I do, um, my big request was I wanted a noiseless day. And I absolutely got a, a noiseless day. I got ambushed, and I got sent um, for relaxation at the spa, which was amazing. And, um, you know, then he got a bunch of my friends together last evening to celebrate, and it was wonderful. And it was so cool because, you know, I, I really didn't have cell service at the spa. And I come out of a service, and I go outside and, you know, run outside with my, with my cell phone, and there'd be all these people who would call and sing to me. And it just it was a really... I felt very blessed today. You know, I spoke to you yesterday, and even more importantly, I know you were planning to have the birth of your baby um, so that your baby could have the good fortune of being born on my birthday as well. <laughs> it didn't really work out, but we like that concept. <laughs> I'll take credit for that. Thanks, Mick, for showing up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you. It was. You know, I, I think sometimes in life we really need to, you know, you start thinking about what is and isn't important. You're and right, and it's a good, good chance to reflect. I mean, New Year's is a great time, but nothing like your own birthday to make you recognize your own mortality on one side mm-hmm. and make use of the, the years that you have, capitalize on what you learned in past years, and, and then move forward with that learning and hopefully have it be a, be a better year than, than, the, than the last. And in your case, I can't believe that they do anything but get better. Every time that I that I see you or talk to you, it sounds like you guys are doing something new or have done something more interesting or exciting recently and keep life, uh, you know, going. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. As, as you guys, you always stay ahead of the technology curve, and, you know, you've got the best customer service of anyone I know, which is phenomenal. But I think for me, the big message for me yesterday really was, you, you know, we, we plague ourselves with so many things, and I say we in the general sense, and, like, love. Like, absolutely, yesterday, like, you know, for example, we had, you know, Darren put together, he's such an amazing person, he, you know, had um, friends show up, and they did a little surprise party for me, and all my employees showed up. Like, they absolutely and positively did not need to show up, and then on top of that, they did not need to show up with a present for me, you know, which is always really nice, because <laughs> I love presents. You can give me, an, I like opening things, you can give me an empty box with nothing, you know, just wrap it, but... You know, which I'll really, keep that in mind. That's, thank easy, that's you. easy to fulfill. Yeah, well, like, this is the same thing I get from you every year. A beautiful box. Nothing. I'm kidding. Um, no. I'm just teasing. Mix my present always. And, and you guys are always doing nice things for me, so I appreciate it. But, but like, that was the cool thing for me yesterday was I just felt so blessed by the amount of people who, you know, really showed their love and support and went, you know what? A lot of people don't think birthdays are a big deal. I do. And they respected that I do. And they came out and wished me, you know, good. As a matter of fact, our, our guest today. Sent me well wishes yesterday. I like that's really lovely, and I take a lot of stock in that. It makes me feel good as a person. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about our guest today. Should we? Maybe we should let him have a chance to talk. And, and I don't know if it's his birthday, but hey, I'm sure we'll <laughs> learn something new from from this gentleman. I've had a chance to. Uh, well, I'm going to let you do the intro, but I have. No, you do the intro. You started. It sounded like it was going to roll well. <laughs> well. Very good. Well, today we're we're fortunate to have Scott Hornstein of Hornstein and Associates, and I tell you what, his clients include just a who's who, Randy, between Microsoft and Hewlett-Packard and on and on, Franklin Covey, Merrill Lynch, and, and we can keep the list rolling. The, the man's also a pretty avid contributor of information to the American Marketing Association and been, been a contributor on a number of books that have been out there, include Integrated Direct Marketing, The Cutting Edge Strategy for Synchronizing Advertising, Direct Mail, Telemarketing, and Field Sales, which 
know, that's one of the things that I think any business that's growing is challenged with is, is trying to keep your message cohesive as you go into these different uh, mediums for trying to attract new business. How do you keep the message, you know, the same while, while working through different mediums? So he's obviously tackled some of those kind of issues, and it, it just goes on and on. But what's really cool is that our guest also gives a little bit of his personal side. He gives some of his favorite quotes. And, uh, you know, for example, this one here, there is only one moment in time when it is essential <laughs> to awaken. That moment is now from Buddha. Yeah, absolutely. The, the big Buddha quote. We like that Buddha there quote. There you go. <laughs> and even uh, shares a little bit of his interest in, in classical guitar music. So, I mean, you, you got to like it when you, when you have a well-rounded person that's willing to say, this is who I am, not just what I do, but this is who I am. And I appreciate that about our, our guest today, Scott Hornstein. So, Scott, you with us? Yes, I am, and I, I thank you very much. It's a lovely introduction. Thank you very much for having me here today. This is terrific. This we're, is terrific. we're pleased you could join us. Now, Brandy, I heard you turned Sweet 16. You know, <laughs> yeah, but that would put that would put Darren in jail. <laughs> it's actually 17. Let's, let's, not, let's not have the police coming over to the office. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yes, thank you very much. Blushing, 17. <laughs> I hate to make myself that year older, but, you know, why not? Thank you. I'm a child prodigy. <laughs> How are you, Scott? And a child bride. Yes, child bride, child prodigy. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm you, Scott, you made me blush. That's such an, like, most people would probably pay to see this right now, and there's no cameras in the studio. <laughs> you should get the webcam right there in the, in the studio. We can all share in that delight. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Well, Scott, it sounds like you've had just a phenomenal career, my friend. I, I, I'm impressed just with the things that I've been able to review on your site, but there's nothing like letting our listeners hear it from the source. So, uh, you know, your your background allows you to cover just a number of topics. I'm not sure what you what your your primary strength and focus would be for this show, other than just to, to let it roll. Tell us a little bit about yourself here initially, and then we'll jump into some more uh, particular elements of your of your history and, and elements of what we can do and apply. On this side of the of the listening audience, well, Mick, I, I, I'd rather not talk about my uh, uh, my career in the past tense. All right, um, <laughs> that's fair. Let's move forward. <laughs> I'm I'm still um, still in the process of trying to shape this. Yeah, I've been around for a while, and yeah, I've um, I've seen some things, I've heard some things, and I've come up with to be fairly opinionated that there are. Um, very specific strategies that we need to succeed um, in marketing these days because the whole landscape has changed. If it was a situation where um, we thought, we as marketers thought we were in charge before, well, guess what? The customer is in charge right now. And the customer is sending us a lot of messages that they are not necessarily happy with what's going on. Uh, recent Yankelovich survey stated that about 61% of our customers feel that marketing is out of control and that it requires um, further legislation, further government overseeing to, to rein it in, to keep the predation at bay. Uh, that's, that's pretty sobering stuff, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Let's start talking about it. Maybe we can use a case study and keep the show really focused on what we can do to help rise above the clutter, you know, really differentiate ourselves with our customer service going forward. You know, some of the things that you have done for your clients that have made, I mean, because when, when you, you know, look on your, your site, for example, and that's just a, a small portion of the things that you've done, you have increased ROI immeasurably for these people. Well, I Randy, I, I think one of the first things that, that we need to do is to is to take a strategic step back and to realize that in the greater scheme of things that the only strategies that we, that we can measure and reward are the ones that actually succeed. And that for all our talk about uh, commitment to the customer relationship, there's really a lot of money there that we're not doing too much about it. So for the underpinnings, we need to measure customer satisfaction. We need to reward based upon customer satisfaction. We need to measure retention and customer lifetime value and make those things that people are paid upon. Now, with that said, 
I'd like to go into a case history or two and, okay, and talk about things that we can do now. Awesome. Now, let me ask you to hold that thought so we can go from beginning to end without a commercial break and take our first commercial break now. Please do. Awesome. All right. We'll be right back with Cover Story here at Cover Story here on webmasterradio.fm. PR Web is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PR Web's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PR Web. PR Web, the only major newswire service that drives quality, measurable traffic to your site. It's all about links. Baby, content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. How do you choose the right affiliate program to partner with? All we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50%, the highest payouts on the net, and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. What happens when super affiliates hit the glass ceiling? They develop RevenueGateway.com, the ad network developed by super affiliates for the affiliate marketplace. Tap into the most powerful and intuitive system designed for ROI, exclusive tier one advertisers, highest industry payouts, bonus rewards, and rock sun on time payments. Looking to be creative or need mentoring? There is always someone there for you live 24-7. RevenueGateway.com, the secret to your success. RevenueGateway.com. Katie Kempner. Just a little bit about the hook. The hook. The hook. The hook. What I hope to do with the hook is to give you the chance to hear what my friends and colleagues are thinking about doing. 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 People in the marketing, PR, advertising industries right on the forefront, and including people that cover these industries. So what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is help you make your job easier. What I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is, what I'd like to do is join me each week, 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Intersection of Advertising and PR. Slim Katie is on the real Katie. Yo, you want the Slim Katie? So just demonstrating, so want the real Slim Katie. Please stand up, please stand up, please stand up. Cause I'm Slim Katie, yes I'm the real Katie. Yo, you want the Slim Katie? So just demonstrating, so want the real Slim Katie. co-host Mick Jolly and our featured guest today is Scott Hornstein of Hornstein and Associates. Welcome back, Scott. Well, thank you very much. Terrific. So prior to the break, um, I believe you were going to uh, step up to the plate and give us a case study. So we have a working model um, to use so that people can start applying some of your awesome uh, information into their own company lives and progressing. Now, now as you go through this, Scott, too, I, I, I noted on your site that you had your Hornstein method in your seven steps, and if, I don't know if you'll be able to uh, highlight those as you go through or how that works on, on, well, on the particular case study, but that would be fantastic to learn about, too. What I'll do, um, Nick, is, um, and Brandy, is to talk about first one aspect of my methodology, which is, is voice of customer depth research. And one of the things that we don't do enough of is to listen to our customers and to take action based upon what they say. Um, this seems very, very basic, but it's just 
it sort of gets in the way of what uh, uh, current um, uh, marketing does. Let me give you two, for instance. Okay. Um, the first one is going to be uh, uh, B2C and the other will be B2B. Okay. Uh, the first one concerns uh, ACE or the American Computer Experience. This is a computer camp. It was started by a couple of guys right out of college. Um, they were self-described or are self-described geeks, you know, uh, uh, tape on the glasses, the whole bit. And they were out of college and they said, what are we going to do for a living here? We've got to make some money. And really what they love to do is to, uh, they were gamers and um, really into computers. So they started teaching computers in summer camp. And they found that this concept began to really grow and grow quickly. They did a great job. The kids had a wonderful time. And this thing would double every year. Now, they had a, a promotional calendar that sort of went like this. From September through November, the, um, uh, the watchwords were take it easy. From December and January, it's party like crazy. Okay. Then we get to February through May, we work like crazy because camp is coming up, and then June, July, and August are camp time. So here they are. They're uh, young guys. The business is just about doubling every year. And here come some investors and say, listen, I think that we can really make this grow. You're, by, putting, by infusing some cash into this, if you're doubling every year, we could really go to town. So th these guys said that's great, but of course the uh, investors have big expectations, which means they had to start a little bit earlier than, uh, than February. And one of the things that we encouraged them to do is when they started, uh, even before they started, to go out with some voice-of-customer research, which is based upon in-depth, one-on-one discussions with, uh, with selected groups of customers, with representative samplings qualitative research meant to be directional and one of the big questions we asked these people was not only how do you like the materials and 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 what do you think of ace and and will you come back but how do you make a decision on which camp to send your kid okay very important Absolutely. And, and this was really an eye-opener some of the quotes were well it, it, when it gets to November we We've already made a decision. Uh, our kid knows right away. The second he gets out of camp, our kid knows if he wants to go back. If he wants to go back, we sign up right then in August. And then people started to say, you know, based upon that, how come we never hear from Ace Computer Camp until after the new year? Well, this, as I say, was a tremendous eye-opener because it said that one of the great big opportunities for increasing their base was to start earlier in the year, was to configure their promotional calendar to the way people actually make decisions. And the watchword there is, is if you snooze, you lose. <laughs> okay, good for you. And, and you know what? It's sometimes it's, it's the simple things. You know, people, people get caught up in the complexity and the ambiguity of things, and it's true. It's the simple things and understanding who, who your marketplace is and how to best capture them. And let me, let me give you one example in the B2B arena. Okay. And this is with IBM. And IBM was uh, introducing a new um, application solution uh, for uh, doctor's offices, for medical practices, three to 49 docs, so some of the medium to larger size practices. And they felt in all this and, and had done all these studies to say that this particular solution was head and shoulders above the competition, and yet the sales force kept coming back to management and saying, we can't get in to see the decision maker. Okay. One of the things that, that they did, again, is they went out and they actually talked to their customers. You know that old saying, this would be a great business if it wasn't for all those annoying customers. <laughs> okay. They talked to their customers, and one of the big things that they found out was that it was no, the doctor had relinquished the decision. This was no longer the doc saying, let me see, do I get new computers or do I get a new Mercedes this year? Right. They had delegated this to professional practice managers. Well, that's, the, the, the contact changed, but also IBM had to change their way of going 
to market because there was confusion and, in fact, there was irritation regarding the way that these, these different practices were being approached by IBM. The right. IBM rep would go in with their bar or value-added reseller, mm -hmm. the IBM rep being the expert in terms of the box, right, and the, the bar being the expert in terms of the actual software. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what these practice managers came back and said is, I don't know who all these people are or what their roles are, but I know that I'm paying their salary. Okay. You've got to do something about this. this. It's too confusing. There's too many layers. Hey, IBM, you come in here and you know nothing about what I do for a living. Right, right. I don't think that's right. What do right. I need you for? Okay. So this gave IBM some comprehensive guidelines to retool their marketing to go against the correct result uh, uh, from it result in an 800% improvement in response. Wow. Okay, so can you tell us, like, how, how did they refocus that? They're on the, um, uh, first on the practice manager, and what they did is to come up with, um, also in the red, those practice managers which understood the power of the combination of the hardware and the software or the complete solution mm -hmm. were not only more likely to buy, but were more likely to to um, uh, really fully use the system. So instead of going out with promotions that just prom uh, that just focused on the benefits of the software. They went out with training. They had to go out and they had to train mm -hmm. these customers to understand the value of the IBM box. And it's not just you don't get fired for buying IBM, but what is the real difference in the IBM box versus everybody else's box, and why does this software run better on this? Right, because it's a, because is that interesting? So it started off with them getting pushed off, calling the doctors directly, and the doctors just not returning their calls because it's not their responsibility. They don't want to be bogged down by this responsibility. Then them finally realizing they don't have the correct person, which is interesting. You think a big company like IBM would would definitely bring on salespeople who would know to go to the you know how to find the decision makers, but because. You know, I'm assuming this market, you know, it's a, it's a traditional marketplace changed all of a sudden when doctors' practices started becoming more involved with insurance companies and cooperative practices exactly. and all of this. That, how, how utterly, utterly interesting, and, and to take the approach. And at the end of the day, a more informed client is a better going to not only get you in the door, get you the sale, but have that continued growth going forward. And then I'm sure, you know, um, you know giving you testimonials and endorsements with, you know, because a, a community is a community. Well, one thing to that, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, customer satisfaction is going to be a, a very powerful uh, competitive differentiator going forward, as if it isn't right now. And I... Makes sense. Work smart, not hard. And talking about working smart and not hard, uh, let's go to a commercial break. And uh, please pay a little homage to our advertisers because they will help you to work smart, not hard. Make a lot of money. We'll be right back with Cover Story. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. 60-day free advertising trial on the best of the web directory. That's BOTW.org, the Internet's oldest directory since 1994. We know what you want, and we've got what you need. And hey, if you can get some free online advertising in this world with no strings attached, feel us up. I, I, I mean, feel free to take advantage of this extraordinary offer and start your no-risk 60-day free online advertising trial today. Best of the web. BOTW.org A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, 
Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Over 4,000 around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. $6.2 million. $2.4 billion. $6 million. Ben just kicking ass with the main name. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty. And uh, what, what's, uh, what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately $144,000. About one hundred and fifty dollars That's correct. Okay, great. You have had eBay by Rent.com and Shopping.com for a combined $1.4 billion. Monty. 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 the master of your domain. Monty. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had, $6 million or $10 million on a domain name. When we sold Autos.com for $2.2 million, people thought it was nuts, too. <laughs> domain Masters, only on Webmaster Radio. Be the master of your domain. Serving a headline for you. <laughs> All right, you guys, welcome back to Cover Story. This is Brandy Shapiro Bavin. I'm joined with my co host, Mick Jolly, Vice President of PR Web, the best wire service in the world. And oh, our... thank you for saying so, Brandy. <laughs> but it's true. I, I just... We like to think it's true, that's for darn sure. Yeah, well, so does everyone else. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing, right? And our featured guest today is Scott Hornstein. Welcome back, Scott. Thank you very much. So, this is very, I mean, this is good stuff. And the, the crazy part about it is this seems to be such basic stuff. But yet it's always the basic stuff. You don't have the foundation. You can't move forward. You can't build to the house. It is basic, but understand that there's been a, a big shift in um, in the way marketing is conducted. Um, if we went back to some grassroots, and let's take the, the corner store. Well, the corner store is view of marketing was very one-to-one, was uh, these are the people who live in my neighborhood. I want to keep them for a long time. Therefore, I'm not going to look at the individual transaction. I'm going to look at the relationship. I want these people to tell their neighbors and have them come in. Satisfaction, retention, and lifetime value were the biggest things. Well, now we scroll fast forward to where we are today with the, uh, with the Internet and mass media, and, and really the Internet has made everything a, a million times faster. It is atomized life. Mm-hmm. True, true. And you don't, right, and, and it's harder to put a finger on. You know, it's funny when you said that the corner hardware store, and I'm sure, Mick, you can appreciate this, where I grew up in the summer, it was, it was a resort area. Or not per se a resort, but it was a, like a Massachusetts. People came there a lot, and we used to always like there were certain restaurants that would really appreciate yeah. your, your patronage during the winter. And no matter what, you get a seat in the summer when the lines were out the door because they knew we were their bread and butter the whole year. Versus other, you know, other restaurants were like, oh, we just want to get people in as fast as possible and not respect the people that stand for us 365 days a year. And I think what you're you're saying is with the web, sometimes it's hard to know who your good customers are unless you really delve in and understand that you, your customers as a whole. I think that the mechanics and what we measure and reward right now work against that. We're solely focused on short-term sales. Right. What did you sell for me today? Which means that instead of creating a customer relationship, which implies long-term, 
what we're really investing in and really creating is an ever-dwindling series of drive-by relationships. Right. Well, it sounds like a lot of, uh, you know, other types of personal relationships. Yes, exactly. One thing, that, given the focus of this show, um, which is on PR, mm-hmm. I did want to also say that I am a big believer in PR. Mm-hmm. I think that PR has really replaced things like um, a lot of advertising in its effectiveness. That with people's distrust and annoyance of many forms of marketing right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. that PR has, um, it's in its renaissance. I agree. I agree. Well, because you've got someone else. You know, public relations is setting yourself up as an expert. It's having other people tell, talk about how wonderful you are versus you saying how wonderful you are. And at the end of the day, you get extra credibility when it's not you jumping up and down talking about you. It's someone else endorsing you. The word is verisimilitude. It arrives with the appearance of being true. Uh, that's... I've never heard that word before, Mick. Because if you, <laughs> I think we just—I'm going to use that in a sentence later on today. Yeah, I think it's an opportunity for a little bit of a verbal eloquence here. My goodness, verisimilitude. Here's a quick case history for you. Okay. Uh, there was a catalog called Paper Direct, and Paper Direct was started by two brothers and their dad uh, after hours. The younger brother had a uh, paper distributorship. Uh, up here in the Northeast in New Jersey, and his business worked the old-fashioned way. They had a bunch of trucks, and they'd deliver the paper. The old brother was in real estate looking to, find, looking to get into a family business, and the dad had just retired and was just, in general, looking for something to do. Okay. They thought that selling paper by mail through the web, however, was, was a real good business proposition, and they, and they wanted to pursue it. But they got caught in a bind, and the bind is is we don't have all the money we need as seed money, but the people who want to put in the seed money say, show us that, that this works. So they turned to PR, and what they did is to go out, go to the, uh, uh, the newsstand, buy every magazine or periodical okay. that caters to the, the target market, Go online, find the trusted resources that these folks go to. Okay. Find the editors and writers who are concerned with this and contact them. We drew up six press releases, each with a newsworthy story, and each with a catch. And the catch was, because when, when a story is published you really don't have any control over what's going to be said Very true. Very in that true. story. Mm-hmm. But we inserted a catch, and the catch is, how do you know which paper, because there's, there's so many different kinds of papers, how do you know which paper is going to be best for your application, for your machinery? Tell you what, we got a free service. All you do is call 1-800, etc. Talk to us, and for free, we'll tell you. That hook got picked up. And so six different releases, divided up the list of contacts, mm-hmm. a release a week, follow up, make friends with the editor, make friends with the writer, so very and get important. those stories placed. Okay. okay. PR not only got the word out, but looking back over the years, leads that came from PR converted at the highest percentage to the highest average sale. Very interesting. And they were able to prove out their business model so they could get their seed capital. Exactly so. Terrific. And, Mick, you see a lot of that. Mick? Okay. Mick Mick got mad and left. (laughs) I think Mick got a call that his wife's having a baby. (laughs) We thought that that might happen. That would be great. That would be fabulous. The baby was meant to be born on my birthday. I'm a little upset, but that's <laughs> that's okay, so I apologize. Um, well, a fast story. Uh, my youngest daughter mm-hmm. um, was actually born the day before my birthday. She was supposed to be born on my birthday, but we had a huge storm, and all of a sudden there she was. Ah, of course. <laughs> of course, they have to tumble into the world in the most uh, interesting times, I'm sure. Oh. 
very cute. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Producer. Okay, so let's start focusing on this because I think that this is so very important for people. First of all, you hit on a bunch of very important things, which is one, we're always saying, saying to people here, be friendly with the editors than the writers over at the various publications or media outlets that are important to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if people like you, they're more likely to do business with you. Befriend them and understand who they are and what it is that they do. If you make someone's life easier, they're going to make your life easier as well and incorporate you into a story, go to you as a trusted, you know, use you as a trusted source as an expert. Um, you know, when they have filler space, they're going to maybe run a story that's not as newsworthy, but, hey, they'll help you out because, you know, you've earned some credibility with them. So because t- you continue to provide them with value. Not only are you easy to do business with, which is very, very important, mm-hmm. especially in PR, mm-hmm. not only are you polite and, uh, and nice, but that you have your eye on what is newsworthy. Exactly. Exactly. And you understand what their goals are, so you don't call someone up and say, hey, you know, I really would like you to do a story on this, and that's not their charter. That is the best way to upset someone. Know who it is that you're calling prior to calling. Know what it is that they're trying to achieve, and if you can help make help them make their end goal happen a lot easier, faster, better, mm-hmm. then they're going to, um, you know, then I think that you find that your PR goes a lot farther. And I think, you know, the interesting story with it, doing this series of press releases and giving a little information each week, having a different spin on it, but offering a service internal to it that, allow, that solves a problem for someone, almost creating a problem that people didn't realize that they had, letting them identify with that problem and then letting them see right then and there, wow, there's an easy solution to this. Take something that maybe wasn't as, as apparent, am I correct, yes. for being a viable marketplace and creating a marketplace for it. Because sometimes people need to be spoon-fed what they do and don't need. Absolutely correct. Okay. Okay. Which is a very interesting way of going about business. But once again, so very true. You know, I mean, think about how many things we do in life that, you know, we, we do repetitively that can be done a lot easier. And if someone said, hey, Randy, I could do X, Y, and Z for you, it would make your life, you know, it would take pressure off of you. Would I do it? Yes. I just need to know it's out there. And it's all how you present the information is, is how people are going to be able to adopt it. Right. So let's go on to another case study, because I think this is fabulous for the listening audience, Scott. Thank you. And I think these are a lot of, uh, the, the, the case studies are excellent, and I think that people can go in and properly apply them to their own environment. Great. Great. Yay. <laughs> um, One more, and then unfortunately we need to wind down. We never seem to get enough time with you. Okay. Um, I think that, that that one I'd like to go to has to do with uh, back-to-customer service, because I believe that this is uh, the competitive differentiator uh, out there now. And, and this is one of the reasons why people are going to buy the second, third, and fourth time. Mm, I agree with you 100%. Um, every year, my organization conducts a, a, a brief email survey, and we have uh, compiled a list of uh, some of the most trusted corporations, the biggest names out there, uh, people who are, are allied with um, customer service, L.L. Bean. Um, we have the Direct Marketing Association in there, IBM, HP, Intel. Um, just a, a list of the some of the biggest and most respected names. And every year we send them uh, a one-sentence email which says, what is your policy regarding the turnaround time to emails addressed to customer service? Okay. Now, that is not a particularly hard question. <laughs> and yet we have found since 2002 mm-hmm. that the absolute number of people who respond during any time frame continues to decline. Oh. Do you realize that to this easy question, over 35% of the companies did not respond at all? Now, Everybody, everybody listening, everybody you know at one time or another sends an email to a corporation. Absolutely. And we all would like to be answered within a 24-hour period. (laughs) Yes. Yet 38% did not respond under any circumstances. Now, what could the reason be? My dog ate it. (laughs) Right. I was too busy. Right. Um, Right. Who cares? Who cares? It just says, I don't respect you. Right. You know what I mean? You spent money with me. I already have your money. Too bad. 
like you said, there's there's short-term thinking instead of long-term thinking. And one of the fastest to respond was the IRS, and I'm not sure that's good news. No, that's hideous. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. You know, I'll tell you, it's very interesting, and I'm, I'm a very firm believer, because I used to think that in the mid to late 90s, I really thought the one thing that did, because all of a sudden you had all of these hardware and software companies popping up, and, and there was a lot of redundancy in what was being launched. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, here you're really seeing that what's differentiating these companies is the customer service, because I think that was like the next band of like the new revolution of business, and then like the, the top-tier companies sort of shook themselves out from the competition. Right. And... So customer service was the big differentiator. And my thing always is, you know, things are going to fall through the cracks and things can get messed up. And one of my favorite stories is, because he ended up being, um, he's now one of my dearest friends, is, um, are you familiar with Ahava? Like yes. Like skincare? Okay. So I had, a friend of mine went to Israel. She came back with a product for me. I really liked it. And, you know, I decided, oh, I'll reorder it online. And, you know, they show you on, on, on their website that the plane actually takes off. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, once your shipments, well, my shipment never left. The plane never took off. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a novel concept for me that I could watch this plane fly to, to Florida to drop off my stuff. I waited 10 days when it was supposed to get there within five. I called them up and I said, you know, I don't, I haven't gotten the order, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The woman said, well, it, it, it's shown that it's shipped. And I said, well, you've got the ability to track it, obviously, because it was sent to UPS or FedEx or whomever. Although anyone out there listening, do not ship with UPS. Um <laughs> And I mean that. That's one company we can have a conversation about that has absolutely and positively no no care, no desire or to, to have any kind of customer service, nor follow through on a commitment. But Gee, uh, bad news travels fast. Huh? <laughs> Amen. You've had problems with UPS, I'm assuming, as well? Oh, no. I'm just talking about the power of word of mouth. Oh, right. Absolutely. You know that in terms of customer service. Mm-hmm. If you go, the last, I did a speech about a month ago, and right before I went on, I went to Google and I did a search on Dell Sucks, and I got 2,600,000 hits. Oh my, isn't that disgusting? Now, (laughs) I don't think I need to be Nostradamus to understand (laughs) that that's not good news. Right, right, right. That's really and truly disgusting. I mean, and to think that someone would put their name, God, I hate that, that someone put their name on it. But I'll tell you something, the people at Ahava, Yep. What they did was, she, you know, she finally she said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You're right. It never got sent. And I'm like, yeah, I love you. know, I'm usually right. So that's a good thing. But And she said to me, what can I do to make it up to you? And she was lovely on the phone, A, to begin with, which is such a lovely. All someone needs to say is, what can I do to make things better? And unless you're someone who's really just trying to take advantage of the system, you know, you just want to be heard. That's it. And I said to her, oh, why don't you just double my product and when you send it? Send me double of everything because of the, the inconvenience. As, like as a jest. Well, don't you know, they went ahead, sent me double of everything for the same price, and then sent me an apology letter. So I found out who the president of the company was, and I sent him a note and and found out this woman's name because I just thought she handled things so beautifully, and people don't get enough, you know, proper whatever. I just wanted to do something nice for her. She was a lovely lady. I thought it was really great. And the president of the company contacted me because he actually thought I had thrown in some marketing stuff, and, and he thought, wow, you know, this is kind of interesting. You seem like an interesting person. And, and, and he took the time to call back because he appreciated that someone had singled out one of his employees and had taken the time to write in over probably, like, the most undervalued and underappreciated person in the company. And I became not only, like, as a dear, dear friend of mine, but also an ardent customer. Of course, I used to, then I got free products, so it really didn't matter. But what a big, what a big difference. But exactly to my point that not Mm -hmm. only is customer service the most powerful competitive differentiator out there right Mm -hmm. now, but your brand, which relies so heavily on customer service, can be built or destroyed with every interaction. Absolutely. And especially those people, those... those, I, I, I agree with you tremendously. I agree with you tremendously. Like you said, word of mouth. Yep. spreads very quickly. That's extremely, you know, at the end of the day, grassroots is still the most, uh, you know, the strongest form of advertising. Absolutely. Person to person. Um, God, what are some tips that you can give? I mean, be- companies that will help them because, you know, especially smaller companies as they grow, sometimes they take their eye off the ball and they hire people they think are doing a good job. And it's hard. And, you know, public relations is about relating to your publics, and that's all of your publics, whether it's internal. Yep. 
you know, whether it's an internal public or whether it's your external public. So how do you how do you set this up internally? And then how do you create this mantra that is also um, portrayed in, in how you relate to your customer base? I think, first of all, we've got to recommit to restoring trust and respect to our communications with customers. There's a Trust and respect is a, is a notch above satisfaction. As a very uh, brilliant man once said to me, Scott, I, I, um, I'm very satisfied with my laptop. Do I trust it? No. Right, that stinks. So right. we've got to go the extra step, which means you can't just promise. You've got to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, I was um, uh, uh, I took a test subscription to a magazine and a music magazine, and then they made me a special offer. They said because you're here, you can go through all this rigmarole and get a free tune. Hey, <laughs> I said that's great. So first I gotta uh, go to this website, and then they send me this, and then I go to the other website, it's and they enter all it. these codes. Right. End of the story. It didn't work. No. Right. And and it's not worth it. So you gotta deliver. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the customer's place. Try it out. See if it works because to, to a customer, your brand is the amalgamation of all the experiences they have had with you over all time. So if you promise, you got to deliver. Right, and if you can't deliver, if something happens, because sometimes things do happen, you know, you're someone like Dell who has millions of customers and something is going to fall through the cracks every once in a while, be decent. Respect the fact that these people, your customers, that is putting, I don't care if you're a customer service rep or you're the CEO of the company, the only reason why you have a job is because of that person. Well, now let me say, I got nothing against the Dell Corporation. I'm just reporting what I see. Oh, no. But, <laughs> but I would say that the common view right now is customer service, and particularly with uh, the outsourcing of customer service, is because it's a, it's, it's a cost center and that the customer interaction is messy and expensive. But it is that customer interaction which is really a profit center. It's That's one of the tipping points for are they going to come back again. Let's realize that customers exist in a continuum. They have a life cycle. They buy, and then they experience your product or service. And during the time that they experience your product or service, it may break, their needs may change, they may need some help. It's how you treat them and how you communicate with them during this, this change period that says, are you going to go back into a pre-sale mode again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like we, I have friends of mine, very dear friends of mine, own uh, a large amount of car dealerships. And, you know, it, it's very important to them, especially as, like, Cadillac right now is, is, is trying to reach out to a younger marketplace, that as they're trying to reach out to this younger marketplace, you, you, you get people in that car that first time, but then you've got to keep them happy because the car span, depending on whether it's a lease or a purchase, is X amount of years, and continue to tap into that marketplace that, that have already purchased from your dealership, as well as reach out to someone new. So that entire span of, you know, the service of the car, of, um, you know, your, your lease end options are up you know, are so very important. Like, you know, something silly, I drive a BMW, and something that makes a big difference to me is, and that keeps me with BMW, is all maintenance is included. So for me, it's easy because I'm uh-huh. not, you know, I'm just not mechanically inclined. I don't want to have to deal with anything. And when I go there, they wash my car and they feed me a bagel. There you are. A bagel and a schmear. That ma- that's, to me, that's customer service. And if I need to be someplace and I don't have the time to sit in, in the dealership, they come and they pick me up. And they drive, I mean, they, they, they'll drop me off wherever I need to, and they'll pick me up if, if it's not, you know, if the car is not being kept long enough for them to give me a loaner. Those are the things that I think make a huge difference. And now I'm on the radio talking about how good, you know, BMW customer service is. And I think one of the other things that the listeners should keep in mind is that treat your, hold your best customers closer to you. Treat your best customers better. Spend more on them. Mm-hmm. Right now, the way we allocate marketing budgets is primarily on new acquisitions, right? And that is because we're obsessed with the short term. Mm-hmm. But really, we've already acquired the relationship for our best customers. 
they probably, the 20% of best customers probably generate 80% of your revenues. Mm -hmm. Small increases in that group are going to make large differences in your bottom line. True. And also, do you find that people, once they find their way into, let's say, a market segment or a customer, let's say, you know, you were selling into Dell versus mm-hmm. having, you know, that you people don't take advantage of their good relationships to allow them to make referrals and introductions elsewhere so that you really maximize one total relationship instead of just having your foot in the door? That is absolutely correct. Referral is one of the strongest, is the strongest form of prospecting. It is also the ultimate measure of customer satisfaction, and yet it is something that we that so many companies shy away from. They just, oh, it's too hard a question, or I never get around to it, or, yeah, but who bought today? So referral it should be a cornerstone of, um, of, of marketing strategy. Excellent. And Excellent. that customer satisfaction should be implemented as a strategic imperative, which means that the lowest paid employees who usually have the greatest contact with your customer base <laughs> should not only understand that this is a corporate strategy, but should be empowered to affect it because they are measured and rewarded by customer Based satisfaction. On, I agree. I agree. And I'm a big, you know what, the customer's right. Treat me with respect. Don't give me a bunch of excuses. Treat me with respect. And especially if I've gotten to the point of, of picking up the phone and calling someone or emailing someone, that means that I, like, I'm at the end of my rope. I mean business. Business yep. is money. Period. The end. So um, I agree. So I think that I, I think like the, the, the big things that we've learned today are... And that's my, I went against my own rules with my own cell phone going off. How hideous and unprofessional <laughs> that is on me. Let's, uh, I'm going to hit the ignore button. Sorry, whoever it is. Ignore. Sorry. Um, we have ignore buttons. We have mute buttons. I always <laughs> wanted a moot button on my phone so that if the conversation <laughs> is preposterous. <laughs> there you go. It's a moot. It just doesn't matter anymore. Um, and you know what? That's kind of rude, too, that I have an ignore button. Like, how horrible. Like, I might really want to speak to you. I just am on the line with someone else. Like, I'm yep. on a radio show right now. I actually just realized how rude that was. Ignore. Like, that's such a negative connotation. I'm not trying to ignore the person. I just can't take the call at the moment. Anyway, that's I'm, I'm getting off into a whole other brandy tantrum uh, tangent. But I think the things that, um, that, that everyone really came out with, and Scott, thank you, because I think this is so very important, is take advantage of the people that, you're currently doing business with yes to learn more about who they are and why it is that they do business with you because chances are they'll represent a larger population to do business with you mm-hmm. so garner and glean as much information as possible from them then um you know make sure that that you respect the customer as much as possible so that they'll come back not only today but for your tomorrows 